Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Fat Muscle Project podcast. I'm John Gorman, your host. I am joined by a very special guest, Stephanie Thiebel. Stephanie, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. This is a this is a podcast I've been wanting to do for a while. We just I just nerded out for probably ten minutes us talking beforehand about all the cool stuff that we get to talk about in regards to your journey as an athlete, as a coach as a business owner, as a leader, there's so much meat on the bone here. I'm going to try and keep it within an hour. Um, But before we get to that, I like to start off the podcast with, do we have anything new that's happened with us? Have we learned anything new? Do you have any, anything to announce with new ethics or any business ventures, anything cool with you happened the last couple of weeks? I mean, I'm not that cool, but the cool thing with the new ethic is that we got a couple of our big products have been out of stock back in stock with relax and chaseberry. Um, there are two of our liquid products that, oh my gosh, I don't, need, I don't know how much you know if you've gotten into liposomals at all, but liposomals and sublinguals and any of that, it's so hard to find good manufacturing for yeah. that. So it's been a struggle, but luckily we have them back in stock. So people are happy. We got yeah. emails daily about it. Yeah, we, we put the announcement out too once uh, Ambria, she takes such good care of us over there at, at New Ethics. She got us back in stock and we put it out. And we've got people that... You probably see this on your end too, and we're going to get to this because we carry some new ethics stuff, but we got people that they'll go hoard it or yeah. like, we'll have like, I don't know, like 10 left. And we know the people that are living on it. We're like, Hey, you better buy this now. And people like hoard it yep. up really quick. So yeah. Amber is like, we had a few orders and there's like six of the same thing. I'm like, well, yeah, cause people don't want to go without it again. I yeah. mean, I'm hoping our issues are over and we won't stuck <clears> out again, but. Yeah, I mean, we, we're just learning liposomal specifically. People claim to have liposomal technology and they don't. They really don't. They're just lying. I mean, they or they don't, no, they're not lying. They don't necessarily understand. They don't understand the science behind it. And so what they're claiming to be liposomal isn't truly. And, and we're learning these things that, you know, it, we, there's not as many manufacturers out there that, as you would think. I think I had stayed at your house, I think maybe it was back in 19 and you guys had relax and I tried it for the first time, you know, it held it under your tongue and it didn't taste amazing back then. It wasn't bad, but everything has, you guys have done such a good job. It's all came such a long way. Like you don't, the taste is good. You don't mind any of that and it just works. So I've been sold on it forever. So I'm glad those are back in stock. And if you are listening, we have links down here. We'll get to Stephanie's contact information and all that, all that stuff's in the show notes, guys. So you can just click and find anything you want. The only thing new that I have is we just dropped our biggest apparel launch ever. We do pre-sales and we brought our our printing in shop. So if you guys want to go to our website, we've got three days. It's the first, second, third of November of pre-sale stuff out for fall. So like hoodies and sweatpants and all that stuff. So if you guys want to check that out, it's up. But enough about that. Let's get into this episode because business episodes are always the most fun for me because that's just, I'm an entrepreneur. Sure, I'm a coach, but I love studying other successful people and their habits and their DNA. So Stephanie, I want to start this off by doing a quick intro. I'll talk real quick about how I know you. And then I want you to kind of start to, we're going to start to tell your, your backstory. So I met you, oh, through the message boards, really, you know, it was, there's all kinds of message boards back in the day. We're going to about the message boards, to be honest. I forgot. I used to do those all the time. That's funny. Yeah. So that, I think that's how we all kind of cut our teeth. So it was like 2008. 
we actually made our own message board for a while. Were you ever on that one? Physique I Talk. I was on it yeah. in 2009. Yes, I totally was. Totally forgot about it. Blast from the past. That's funny. You know, the interesting thing with the message boards is they were great until Facebook really started to take over. And then everyone's attention kind of shifted to Facebook. Um, But back in the day, I mean, that's where we were all telling our stories and we were competing. Let's 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 start there. Let's start with you started out as an athlete, correct? How how did you get into the industry? Well, it's really funny because I mean, it kind of takes a little bit of backstory even from that. Just, I I would say in a nutshell, my whole life, I've always been really concerned about being fit, um, but never really fit the part, so to speak. I was always kind of a fat kid in my, I mean, I I would say about puberty, I kind of, you know, I was never eating right my whole life. We grew up on, you know, donuts and McDonald's and all the um, and so I always was, once I hit puberty, I got to this like chunky phase. I wasn't working out as much. I was, uh, you know, I stopped pretty much all activities for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden for about seventh grade on my mission was just to get skinny. Um, and so my whole life then revolved around that. My eating habits became, I basically just did like the low fat diet. Cause my mom talked about the low fat diet and I was a runner. I was in high school, I ran cross country and stuff. Um, but I still never looked the way I wanted to look. I always was embarrassed being in a bathing suit. I hated being in public if I had to wear a bikini or something like that. I typically didn't. I'd wear like a whole piece. Um, and then fast forward to when I met Jason Theobald, um, who was at the time, he was um, he was taking a break from bodybuilding, but he had competed and we had started dating back then. Um, and he would start to to tell me things like we go out to eat and he'd like, you know, teach me the right things to eat and the right things not to eat. Um, and I remember saying to him at the time, like, I've never actually done a diet other than just low fat eating, you know, high carb, low fat. I've never done a diet. Like, I just want to see what I can do. So he, you know, wrote me something up and, and it really, when we, we got married, have since gotten divorced, but for the wedding, it was like, I want to be in the best shape of my life. So he wrote me a diet and I was shocked at how much my body transformed and I was eating so much more food than I'd ever eaten. Mm. And I was just so surprised. And I just remember, and I wasn't at the time even like weightlifting or anything yet. Um, and then, so then from that point, then fast forward a little bit. And I suddenly at the time, all I did for exercise was running for the most part. I had to have surgery, couldn't run anymore. So then I was like, okay, crap. I don't want to put all this weight back on that. I had just spent all this time losing. Um, and so that's what got me into weight training where, because for six months to a year, I couldn't do any cardio. So that's when Jason taught me how to weight train the proper way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was different than weight training I had done in high school for like cross country and, and track. We did a little bit of it. Um, but typical bodybuilder weight training. And again, my body completely transformed again. And it was at that point that people started noticing that I was changing so much and they started asking for diet help. Um, and it really was when Jason first started, you know, I would first bring him to Jason, like, Hey, my friend wants help. They've seen, cause I, I worked at GE at the time. Um, I was an engineer and then an IT project manager. So I had nothing to do with fitness, nutrition supplements. Um, but all my friends at GE noticed. So Jason was doing diets for them. And finally I started doing them for them. And that's when eventually I was like, Jason, like we have something here. You have all this knowledge. Like we need to get this out to people. And, and it got to the point, truly, we couldn't do it for free anymore. It was so overwhelming. We started charging people. Um, and it was my idea to actually start the business. But I always give Jason the credit. It was all his knowledge that he you know, taught me. And then he was still working. 
um, as an attorney, I was working at GE, but I hated it. I hated corporate America. I hated, it sucked the life out of me. Yeah. Um, so I'm like a fast track for, yeah, I went through their leadership program. I did the whole thing and was on this fast track to like upper management executive level type stuff. And it just, I hated it. So knowing, you know, here I'm helping people get fit and healthy. And I just said, okay, I'm going to quit my job. And we had, we had done it on the side for a while. I didn't just totally stop working and start doing that. Um, but we'd had some proof over the, like, it was about a year, I think, where we saw, okay, yeah, we can make some money here. Um, so I quit uh, my GE job. And then I took on like a bunch of side jobs, just so I could focus on my passion of helping people. Um, so that's really where it started And the athlete side only truly came in because I've always been into sports and athletics in general, but physique competitions came because I didn't have any background in nutrition and, and fitness, you know, on paper. And so it was Jason's idea. He was like, Hey, why don't you just go compete? Because you can't really, because I had started getting people who wanted to compete. So you can't help people if you've never competed yourself. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. So started a diet and then tried to do, uh, it started with, I, I couldn't commit to doing a competition. I thought there was no way I could ever do it. I thought that's not, you know, I'm not, I don't have the genetics. There's no way I could get on stage. So I technically said that my, uh, goal was to just, there was this competition in this magazine back in the day. Um, and it was like an ab contest, like a before and after. So that was my goal. And then as I started to see the progress, I committed to a show. Um, and I started competing in 2008 and then competed all the way through 2012. Um, and I got bit by the bug because my second year competing, I went um, to the national level totally on fluke because I was dieting for a show. Jason ended up going to the national level and I had qualified. He's like, well, I'm going. So why don't you go with me? I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'll try it. And I stepped on stage and got top 10 out of, you know, 40, 50 girls. Yeah. And then it just like hooked me into it. So that's what got me into being an athlete. So I'd say, you know, in a weird way, I came about becoming an athlete and then which I'm sure we're going to talk about then how that led into the supplement industry. We're definitely going to get there. And some of the things, there's so much that we can talk about. This is a physique enhancement podcast. We will talk about the years of dieting, especially for competitions. We'll talk about a little bit about hormones and how that kind of ties into some of the things that you carry and your personal experience with that. I, I do want to go back to something though. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever told someone this and you just reminded me of it. You actually turned a light switch on for me and it was on a message board. I can't remember where it was, but you were telling the story of one of your preps. And I think it was like 2009 because I know I knew this in 2010 and after, but you had posted somewhere about eating 1250 calories. I'm a numbers guy. I can remember that. And that was what you were getting ready to start a prep on, or you had started a prep on before. And you said, one of the biggest mistakes I made was not getting my calories up high enough to be able to create a deficit. And I remember it was your post specifically or your comment. And that stuck in my head. I'm like, oh, wow. Shit, I've got people doing the same thing as like 2009, which is huge. If you look at things, because now we all know that, but that was just one of the, I don't think I've ever told anyone that. No, that's funny. I had no idea. Oh, that's nice. That's good to know that some of the ramblings that I put out there actually help people. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it, it was pretty interesting. So let's, let's skip forward here. You noticed that there was a business opportunity there. So I want to talk about your DNA and kind of who you are. You worked at GE. How crucial, when you look at something 
do you look at it through the lens of a businesswoman, of an entrepreneur? Did you look at it through the lens of a coach or do you naturally just kind of see things in the fitness industry back then? Did you see it as like a business just without even trying? Like, did you just naturally look at it through that lens or no? I wouldn't say I naturally have a business mind. I have a mind of helping people. That's number one. And then I have a good mind of making things better. So like an engineering, that's, I would say kind of like my engineering background comes out in that standpoint, because that's what a lot of engineers do. It's like seeing a problem and solving the problem, um, making things better. So that's really where I always look at everything I do. Like, how can I, how can I help people? And then, you know, if where's this opportunity, how can I make it better? So that's kind of where all of my businesses have come from, because truly I'm not a businesswoman at heart. Um, it typically ends up being like, I really want to help somebody. So now I have this business and now I got to run this business, but at the core, I really just want to help people. Um, so it, it's weird. My mind works in, in kind of a different way, but then I surround myself with the people who know, cause I wasn't trained in business. I mean, I went through the leadership program at GE, um, which helps me to see things very much from that business standpoint, because I did project management for years, which is essentially, you know, managing projects as opposed to like a whole business, but it's the same concept, just at a, a bigger level. Um, so, you know, that helped develop my business side, but I wouldn't say I always, I, I more come into something, seeing an opportunity. How can I fix this? And how can I help people? If that makes sense. I don't know if that answers your question, but. It, it does because there's, obviously we both know there's not a right or wrong, but there's different people that have different DNA. They look at things differently. And I like that you talked about, you just want to help people. And I think, well, I know there are so many successful coaches or business owners or whatever, that when that's the root of everything, when you solve people's problems and you help them, you're going to make money. Like you're going to find happiness. You're going to make money. So it it just was kind of interesting. I do also know people that they can walk into a trade show. Like we've all been to a thousand trade shows. Like I've got my mentor, Monty, he would walk into it and he would be looking at it like a business. Like he would be seeing all the different things and want to know the numbers. So it's always interesting just to kind of see, but I like that at the root of it all, it's, it's to help people. And that kind of gets us to around the 2010 ish mark, maybe I think is if, if I'm timing this right, when did you start to think, okay, let's start a supplement company, your first supplement company, Natty Nutrition, kind of walk us through that. So technically Natty Nutrition started in 2008, I believe. Okay, gotcha. Seven or eight, I forget exactly when, but it started mainly as just um, uh, just coaching and there was no supplements yet. Um, I, I forget, I think it was around 2009 maybe, or it might've been early on 2008. I was still at GE, because I remember having a discussion with some of my um, girlfriends at lunch and I was talking about Slimtrol. We were talking about how there were, you know, cause Jason had identified again, Jason's the idea guy. And then I'm the one who goes and like makes it happen. Yeah. But he identified these, you know, uh, chromium vanadyl sulfate, let's put them together and make a really kick-ass glucose disposal agent, which at the time there wasn't really any, there were like little, you know, you'd had to go to this site to get this one ingredient. Yeah, we were buying them separate piecemeal. Absolutely. And so we had the idea, well, let's just put it together. Um, So I think that was, that was probably around 2008. So I guess actually we did technically have a supplement pretty early on, Um, but we came out with Natty or Slintra under Natty Nutrition. And truly the, the purpose of Natty Nutrition was coaching. And then we came out with one supplement at first just to help people because 
we were trying to get all these people who were dieting to use these, the glucose disposal agents, but they had to go to all these different websites to get them. And it was just a matter of convenience. They're like, Hey, we'll just put this together and sell on our site and make it easy for them to get. And we knew nothing about the supplement industry in terms of like pricing and how you do all that. We just said, okay, well, here's how much it took us to make. So we'll just charge a little bit extra to put for our time and effort. You know, we weren't trying to make the margins or any, we didn't know anything about that. Um, so we were selling it dirt cheap, you know, that's what we first started out. Um, and then we did slowly come out with another one suppressed, which stayed around for a while. And those two actually became the base of our first two products at New Ethics, which we can talk about later. Um, but then we did venture into, I don't know if you remember when we had Waitrol and so we had protein, we had, protein. I carried it all at the gyms. I was buying that stuff from yeah. you guys as a wholesaler and I was, yeah. I was pushing it. Yep. Yep. And so that was our first venture into uh, the real supplement industry, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it truly that left a bad taste in my mouth because that's when I started to see how shady the industry really yeah. was. Um, and I don't know if you want to get on that path quite yet, but. Um, you know, I, I think, I think it's important because I do want to point out to people um, lessons learned. So you know, obviously you've got two really good products, but then you said you got into the way, the business whey protein, you had other stuff. Obviously we don't have to throw names out there, but give everyone an idea. I know it was really the wild West back then today. I think it's a little bit better, but I know some companies are doing some bad shit and we're not going to go there. Give me an idea of like some of the problems that you ran into or 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 things that you've learned from that experience. So what's funny is that Suntown Suppress, when we found that manufacturer, we actually still use that manufacturer today under New Ethics because they, like, I happen to just be beginner's luck. Like, I remember, I searched for a long time. I remember for the for the right uh, manufacturer with all the right certifications, but I still was very infantile in what I knew. So I got super lucky with that manufacturer. But then for the protein, the creatine, that was a different, it was a private label uh, company that I did. And and I just learned that they will tell you things, but they are, they don't know. They're not actually doing the testing and they don't really, I mean, they would say their protein was a certain quality or say there was a certain amount of things. Um, but then when we went out and actually independently tested and we didn't do it at first because we didn't know, we didn't know you were supposed to, we just trusted what, you know, the manufacturer right. was telling us. Um, and then when we went out and third party tested it ourselves and we saw everything was way off the, the protein amount, the carb content was higher than they were telling us. And so it quickly became like, okay, well, we can't do this. And like, we can't, we gotta shut this down. So we, I mean, we pretty much did, we shut it down. I don't even remember, to be honest, if we, I, I know we didn't put together like a public service announcement or anything because we were so infantile with it. We didn't even know you know, what was right, what was wrong, if it was just this one company, what was happening. So we just politely told people we're discontinuing our line, um, at least that side of it. We've always kept the Slintron suppressed because we had great manufacturing there. Right. Um, but it really opened our eyes as to what people can, because they had all the proper documentation. Like we thought we did all of our due diligence, Yeah. Um, but not realizing until you really get in there. And, and even today, there's still a lot of that where People, so I don't know if you know much about it, but like there's different things where raw ingredients can come in and the manufacturer can test them, you know, a handful of times, and then they become just like certified, so to speak. 
And then they don't have to check that vendor for a few years. Or right. Don't check them. So the vendor could be bringing in the raw materials, could be bringing in total crap. And this manufacturer has no idea because they were pre-certified. So like, there's so many things that go on in the industry that are perfectly legal. And, you know, they're not, it, it's, it's the way that the industry works. And a lot of it has to do with efficiencies. And, you know, it, it costs a lot of time and money to test every single batch and every single lot. And yeah. Um, why our margins aren't great because we do test we over test but yeah. i mean that still is it's not as bad as it was back then because we have gotten you know amazon's actually helping a ton with it um making sure that it, i mean it's we sell on amazon and it is crazy how much rigor they put around uh, the supplements that are sold on amazon i mean there's still some out there but they're slowly being removed um, but it's definitely getting better, but you would be surprised or you may not because you're in the industry, but the listener may be very surprised at, at what still can go on. Um, and it's all perfectly legal. Even the most highly certified manufacturers, I mean, it's, they'll eventually catch it, but it, I mean, you could go a couple of years with some raw ingredients and not catch a batch because they're only, you know, mandated to test them every so often. And, and I, I think it's important too to see those COAs, see the testing done after like, like if I get hormone optimizer ordered, for example, another run of a couple grand, a couple thousand of them. And it comes in, I get my COA and I get all that. And like each, each time it's run, it's tested. The same thing with raw ingredients. It's nice if you have a manufacturer who does that kind of stuff, but there's so many that just kind of, they just kind of sweep stuff under the rug and they keep going that it's, it's pretty scary. But like you said, a lot of it's not illegal. It's just, no, not at all. yeah, it's, it, it's really, really interesting. So that I do want to talk about, let me see here. I'm looking at my notes here. So Natty ran all the way until what year? Cause I know, I know you did start new ethics, but you still had some Natty. What, there was a little bit of so, Natty nutrition technically is still around. Um, okay. Still, we don't promote it much at all, but we still have, you know, one active coach. I don't coach anymore. I'm just, I don't have time um, with new right. ethics. Um, but, you know, technically we do still have a coach and then we do still sell products on the website. Um, Cylindra and Suppress are, so Suppress just got, um, we stopped producing it late last year, I believe, or early this year. Um, and it simply was because demand, because our Esther Corp from new ethics essentially replaced that and it's much right. better. So we didn't see the need. It, it, you know, suppress was a lot cheaper, but the demand was down. It wasn't, it didn't make sense to make it anymore. Um, and then Slintrol, we still have. Um, so it's, it, people still love it because it's just a cheaper option and it still works well. It's not nearly as, as powerful as some of the ones out there, um, but it still works and it's, it's cheap and small and easy. So, I mean, technically it's still around. We don't promote it at all. Do you remember back in whatever it was, 08 that you said when you did your first run of Slim Charles, do you remember how many you had to order by chance? Do you remember any of that kind of stuff? Because I know when you first start something, if it was a big number, I know sometimes you're like, oh shit, we got to sell all of these. Was it kind of one of those situations? It was, but we, I, I'm pretty sure we had to order a thousand. I, I don't think it was like a real That's... small number, but we were pretty confident that we had enough people to do it because we knew the expiration, you know, we had a couple yeah. of years. Sure. Um, and we knew we had so many clients that use it and so it was so cheap. It was like, if it wasn't as cheap as it was to make back then, we probably wouldn't have done it. Um, because now I mean, raw materials are so much more expensive than they yeah. ever were. 
Um, so it, it wasn't so much of an investment that it freaked us out. Now, some of the supplements, because we have such you know complex uh, formulas, I, I can't say that I would do it today, given the environment. Um, but back then, everything just worked out really well in terms of the pricing and or the client base that we had built. Um, so it didn't give us much of a sticker shock at that point. Now, New Ethics gives me sticker shocks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and me heart attacks on the daily. <laughs> so there, there's something that you said there that I think is important to bring up for people that are listening that may want to own their own supplement company. Maybe they just want to design one product. It doesn't matter. To me, I, I, I look back, I've learned from both of your companies. Um, and I know when I started Fat Muscle Project as a supplement company, there was this huge road that had been already built with years of having clients. Now you said when you started Natty, you guys already had a client base to help fuel that. You already had people to buy it right away. When I started Fat Muscle, it jumped out of the gate so fast. It kind of blew me away. But now that I look back, I can see, well, there was 10 to 15 years of me helping a hundred clients a year, plus answering questions and DMs and podcasts or whatever, right? And you guys kind of had that same thing. How crucial was that for you when you transitioned over and started New Ethics that you guys already had between you and then Jason at the time, a ton of clients that you had already worked with and had been servicing? Um, was that huge for New Ethics? Absolutely. Well, and then Vince is our third business partner in New Ethics. Um, and he has his own huge client base. So we knew that no matter what, because again, New Ethics was sticker shock in the beginning. But we knew we couldn't fail because we knew we had such a built-in base. So, I mean, that really, truly is, I would say anyone who's, who's looking to do that, you need one of two things. You either need a huge client base already you, or a huge you know, market that you know you can sell to instantly, or you need a huge marketing and advertising budget. Because yeah. one or the other, you got to get the product in front of people or it's going to die. Um, and I mean, we're just now the last two years, we're getting into this advertising and marketing world. And it is, you want to talk about sticker shock. Oh, I hate it. It I is insane. It. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. But if you don't, if you don't have a built in client base, you got to get it out there somewhere. So that's why you have some supplement companies that come out of the gate and you've never heard anything about them, but they have some, so much seed money, but you know, a celebrity or somebody yeah. who has all this money to just dump into advertising and marketing. And so, you know, it blows up and you see it all over the place. I won't name names of any specific companies or competitors, um, but there are a few like that where they're not really great products, but they have amazing marketing and advertising. Yeah. Uh, but for us, it was huge. We wouldn't have done it. Just the way that we are, we're way too like, you know, I've gotten way better with spending. I know now you got to spend money to make money when it comes to some right. of this. But, you know, we, in the beginning, treated our business like we treated our household. We weren't going to put ourselves into crazy debt or, you know, take super high risks. Um, but for us, it was a no-brainer. We knew that we had enough clients that, you know, we would at least sell through what we had. And if it didn't continue, then, you know, at least we tried. And we weren't really putting ourselves into a major hole because we had built so much over the years, to your point. Let's, before we start, before we jump in and start the, the new ethics storyline, I, I do want to talk about there's a lot of people that think, or they, they're afraid to tell people, hey, I started this business out of my house. So when you guys started Natty, were you guys shipping stuff out of the house? When did you move to someone shipping it for you? And who was that? Kind of tell the whole shipping yeah. story. Because there's so many businesses that really are mom pop. And people think that you're going to go out and have this fucking big warehouse and all this stuff. And you're just, you're not. 
Like you're just not going to. Yeah. Well, and that was our thing too, is we were trying to be really smart about it and we didn't want to have a bunch of overhead. So we didn't want to go out and rent, you know, space and a warehouse or, you know, third-party shipping or any of that. So yeah, I mean, legit for the first couple of years, it was just me doing it. I just was shipping from my office, not even my garage. It was like in my office, I had a big basement storage area. Um, and I was shipping it and just taking it to the post office every day. I had one like right by me. Um, and that I did that daily. And then after a few years, I hired my sister to do it for me. Um, and so she still technically does that for me out of her home for Natty, not New Ethics. New Ethics is a whole other follow right. Um, but New Ethics was really the first time that we took it to a legit warehouse. Um, Natty, we still were always able to do, because again, we don't really promote the shipping side of it um, for Natty and Scooby. So we still do that stuff out of a house, not my house anymore, um, right. but out of a house, but it's good side money for, uh, for the people who are doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can have a very successful business out of your home, assuming all the legalities that you don't have any issues with that because we weren't really selling out of our house. Everything was online. So it was just kind of like, you know, people have Amazon stores or things like that. We weren't having customers come to our house and, um, buy the supplements. Um, although technically we were having, uh, nutrition clients come to the house and they technically were buying, but that's neither here nor there. We don't do that anymore. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, absolutely. We started out of the house and it's funny to look back at that time when I used to have to go to the post office every day. But I mean, one of the big things though, like I try not, I still like to be hands-on even with new ethics being in the warehouse. I still go to the warehouse sometimes and I chip in. I don't actually do like packaging of orders, but I will help it, you know, with things here and there that need to be done. Um, because I don't, I still like to have it. I don't want to send it to like some big box you know, warehouse place. We do have some at Amazon, but you know, I still like that kind of the mom and pop feel. So yeah. we're not like a giant conglomerate who just sends all our product and says, oh, I'll do it, you know, whatever you want with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the warehouse makes things so much easier. <laughs> yeah. We've I'll, I'll tell the story someday of fat muscle. We've obviously got our own office and storage and stuff now, but we started out of the house and We'll talk about financials at some point because anyone that wants to be a naysayer, when you find out how much money you can make out of a house and how much money you save, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's perfectly legit. Then, then that might that might cause some people to you know quit worrying about stuff. So, well, and that's the good thing because then you you start to save money, and then once you have this pool of money, and that's the thing too, I would say to people is like at some point, first you treat it like you treat your house expenses, but then at some point you got to flip it. So like for a while, you're trying to save, 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 save. But then once the business account has enough cash in it, that's when you say, okay, now I got to spend, spend, spend. Because now I got to do things to grow. I got to get a legit warehouse. I got to get an actual office. I got to do these things. And now it's not so much about seeing my savings account grow. It's about, you know, spending the money to, to become better. Whereas, you know, it's a little bit of a flip when you're working out of your home, you are kind of in that, you know, microeconomics mode where you're just looking at your household. Um, and at some point you do have to flip, but it's a great strategy to get started as you are building that seed money. You know, it's different if you have a celebrity or somebody endorsing you or this money invested that you can just right off the bat, go ahead and get all this stuff that you need. But when you're starting out on your own, it's, it's hard to put that much money out every single month, not knowing if you're going to get it back. Yeah. I, and I don't recommend it because I don't know how, how many people actually have that kind of money sitting around anyway. So it's, 
I think 99% of people are going to start the way that you did and the way I just kind of mentioned. So let's, let's get into new ethics, the monster, as I like to call it, because you guys are growing so much and you have grown so much. What year was it? And kind of tell us kind of what was the idea of, of moving into starting new ethics? Yeah. So um, it's actually funny. I just, I did a presentation a couple weeks ago at our team retreat. Um, And the best way for me to put this is, New ethics actually started because, so to nutrition side, Jason helped me compete. Well, then I messed up my metabolism from the years competing. I went to Vince as a client at first, and he helped me fix my metabolism. And he's all about functional medicine and just holistic health. And so I saw this huge gap in the market. And, and then as Jason started to see what Vince was doing for me, he saw this huge gap in the market. Um, and then Vince, the same thing. So the three of us realized we had very similar visions. But I, I, I like to say my biggest accomplishment was bringing these two alpha males together into one conglomerate because they had competing companies. They both had a nutrition company in the Cincinnati area um, that were all pulling from the same clients, but they were both brilliant, but they both were coming from a different place. It was Jason brilliant with the bodybuilding physique changes. And then Vince is brilliant from fixing your body and healing these crazy issues that people are having. Um, so bringing them into one world, um, was key because that really is where we thrive is trying to, we still want to help people look good, feel good, perform well, but we want to make sure they're keeping their insights healthy and they're not, you know, hurting themselves in the long run and they're addressing the, the root issues. So we brought them together. And the other part of it too, was we had our natty supplement line, but we don't have, you know, Jason and I aren't aren't charismatic salesmen type people necessarily. So we knew we needed somebody else to come in to help us spread the word. Um, And Vince was perfect for that because he had built such a great base. He's highly educated. He speaks very well. Um, People who love to, you know, listen to everything he has to say. Sometimes he's a little over, you know, over your head. He has so much knowledge that you're like, I don't quite understand what you're saying, but in general, he's just so charismatic and it's so hard to not listen to him. Um, so bringing them together is where we started, but we all shared that same vision of at the end of the day, we want to make products that people can trust um, because, you know, and that was the other thing. Vince had so much experience that we didn't have in the industry, because as I said before, I kind of gotten burned with that whole line um, and realized that it was shady out there. And I didn't know enough to understand how to dig through it all. But Vince did. He had worked in that, that world for quite a few years. So he brought all that knowledge into, you know, here's the manufacturers we can trust. Here are the, here's what we absolutely have to have. So bringing that together, we said, okay, I remember we met in my house and we had our first brainstorming session and we were trying to create the logo. The name itself came up because we were talking about bringing ethics into the nutraceutical world. So that's where new ethics came from um, because there really aren't a lot of it. Um, people are just, you know, in it to make money for the most part. And, and not everybody's deliberate about it. Some people, they just don't know. They're trying to help people. They're trying to do the right thing, but they're being bamboozled by, you know, the, the bigger manufacturers or people that, that, you know, they're not doing exactly what you think they're doing. Right. Um, so yeah, that started in 2017. Um, and then we had a totally different logo. We had, you know, everything was very different, but what's never changed has been our pillars because we decided that day we will do everything based on honesty, integrity, truth, and transparency. Um, and we don't, we don't have any proprietary blends, um, which, you know, it, the couple of our products that have too many ingredients to list out these specific amounts, it's on our website, so you can go see it. 
Um, but I mean, that puts us, we knew early on that puts us at a risk of being copied. And there have been some who have copied, but the, the thing is they can't replicate as our internal proprietary QC process because that's where the bread and butter is. Because again, their manufacturers aren't doing what they say they're doing usually. So having our own internal process is, you know, where everything's at. Because even if you copy our formula, if you don't have the appropriate Rawls dealers and the appropriate manufacturers and the appropriate, all the pieces that are involved in it, they're not going to have the same efficacy. Because that was our thing too. We don't want to just put an ingredient on a label just because, oh, that's the cool new ingredient of the month. We want to make sure what we're putting in our products actually is going to help people. It's going to have a clinical effect. It's going to actually, you know, we can't make claims on what they're going to do, but that they're going to see changes by using it. It's not just like label dressing, which a lot of companies do, which is part of where that proprietary blend comes in. They like to say, oh, we have this ingredient. Well, it might be just tiny dash of it, but we got it. Pixie but dusting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's where it started. Well, that's, so if we can talk about um, the growth over the years, talk about that first year um, and, and whether you want to talk numbers or not, that's totally up to you. Um, I think you have maybe before on the excellence cartel or, or maybe not, I can't remember, but talk about that first year. It was all organic. You weren't doing any kind of marketing outside of just word of mouth and stuff like that. Um, what was that first year like for you? Honestly, the first year didn't feel that crazy because we had so much of a client base that we were just selling to our clients like we normally do. Yeah. Um, we didn't sell. It wasn't like right off the bat. We, I mean, we sold a lot, a lot more than we expected. We got our you know investment back pretty quickly, but it wasn't unmanageable because you know we had kind of predicted. We know how many clients we have. We know how much we're going to sell. But it was really that year. I mean, it's technically it's still within our first year because we didn't launch till like towards the end of 2017. And it was 2018 that one of Vince's clients, he was working with somebody helping them, um, came on. And that's Erica Lugo, who's now heavily associated with our company. Um, she had come to him because she had she had lost, you know, 160 pounds on her own. But she did it by, you know, she did a lot of exercise, but it was overtraining, under eating and taking tons of crap supplements. Yeah. Uh, she was taking tons of stimulants and all these things that it got to a point where she was having trouble keeping it off and feeling terrible. So she came to Vince, Vince essentially fixed her. Um, and by doing a lot of the new ethics products, and we had a much smaller line at the time, but the few products that she used, she absolutely loved. And so all of a sudden she started talking about it and she came to us and asked if she could be our sponsored athlete, um, which was, you know, we didn't know anything about that at the time. We had one sponsored athlete already with Megan. She was our very first one, but that was because she was, you know, helping us. She was one of Jason's um, clients, became a coach for him and was promoting it and did very well with it. But then Erica said, well, I want to be your sponsored athlete. And she had been with a different company and she came over to us and switched. And as soon as day one, I still remember the first time she posted on us about in social media, she had like, you know, 500,000 followers at the time or something. It's since grown, but she posted one post and we got like 250 orders that day. Holy so, um, shit. Yeah. We were like, uh, okay, well, I guess we have something here. And I remember not being able to keep up. We didn't have the right amount of inventory. We were out of stock for a while and it was like a good problem to have, but we're freaking out about it. And Erica's like, no, it's fine. It just makes it look like it's, you know, because we're trying to look like this legit company, but we can't keep up with all these orders. So right. that was really kind of blew us away. We were like, oh, okay, we got something. So that first year, 
that we grew 732% between mm-hmm. here and two. I mean, it was just, and a lot of that has to do with Erica and also Megan. And in general, we did a lot of affiliate marketing type stuff before it became officially a thing. Right. Um, there's all the software and everything, but we just, it was word of mouth. Like we had our clients were coaches, then they would tell their people. And so it kind of grew that way. Um, but yeah, so, but by year three, we had hit a million and we didn't do $1 of advertising. Yeah. We had paid any bit of money in any kind of paid advertising. All we did was just our affiliate marketing stuff. Um, so I was always super happy that we made it to that million dollar mark without spending a dollar. We didn't have a single sales rep. We actually just hired our first official sales rep this year in year five, uh, which we, again, I think it's a huge testament to how well we were able to do just on, you know, organic. Some of it, obviously by year three, um, we had our first delve into paid advertising. Um, but in 2020, we grew another like 206%. Some of that is because of our paid advertising. And then some of that was with the whole pandemic. I mean, I don't know if you noticed it, but so many more people became health conscious, which, you know, I remember being really nervous about, oh, okay, well, great. We're just getting into this good groove with our company. And now here goes the shutdown and all that, you know, what's going to happen. But we were very pleasantly surprised that people just really started to take control of their own health. And we grew like crazy that year. Yeah. 2020 was, um, so we launched in May of 2020. So like two months after the shutdown. Yeah. So I, forgot about that yeah well i mean it's it's hard to keep track of all of our stuff so it it, the funny thing is is i owned gyms at the time as well and my gyms had to be shut down and i was really upset because you can't make money with a gym that shut down but everything was going into this like months of preparation was going into launching fat muscles a supplement company it was may 24th i remember exactly and the gyms had just opened up i think a week before that So I was able to launch at the gym and have like this big thing, but you're right. Um, The pandemic actually, I was scared. I look at it now as almost a godsend because it let people get the things they needed. They were working at home, but they needed supplements that they were getting at a store somewhere or what have you. Um, it, It just shows the power of online shopping, which is what both of our companies are like. So yeah, I, I saw that as well. It just surprised me that it turned out. Let's, Let's talk about, um, we've already talked about the biggest advice for someone who's going to start a company. Let's talk about what's next. So what's next for new ethics? You guys have grown leaps and bounds. You've got a ton of athletes, a ton of coaches. Um, it just, every, everywhere you look, there's good things happening. What's next for new ethics? And then after that, personally, what's next for you? So let's start with the new ethics stuff. Um, so for new ethics, uh, the big thing is we'll be coming out with, uh, we're going to start doing kits. So, so many of our products go well together, but it's more than just a bundle. It's going to be an actual kit where you get, you know, product and then a guide that guides you through how to use things. Um, because there are, that's something Vince has done a really good job at is creating his protocols that work really, really well. Um, and so he's kind of got it down to a science where if you follow these kits, I mean, 80% of the people who do these kits, they're going to resolve a lot of their issues. Um, and then there's always your outliers, but it's, it's a really good base for people to start with. And so we're trying to just make it easier on people again, so that they don't have to go because right now, again, it's so hard to find like, what's the best protocol, unless you're working with the coach, but you know, even that that's either it can be expensive for people or the coach may not know as much about it. So trying to give somebody a place to start. And then the goal is that with these kits, then it's just kind of a a segue into then finding a coach. 
So for those people who are kind of scared to spend the money on a coach, start with these kits. And then that segues you into being open to, okay, well, I've done a really good job, but now I need a little extra education. So I'm going to go hire a coach. Um, so that's really one of the big things we're going to be doing. And then we're also making a, a bigger push. Hopefully there'll be some announcements in the next few months, but um, some bigger things, just getting uh, more legitimacy within the, the healthcare practitioner space, um, making some more connections. We have we actually have two sales reps now. We have one in the healthcare practitioner space. So like chiropractors and um, in that world. And then we have our retail sales. Um, so we have two different paths going, but that's always been our big thing is again, trying to bridge that gap between, you know, you've got your bro supplements and then you've got your healthcare supplements. But like, there's this middle ground where people want to really look good, but they also want to be healthy. And right. that's more and more finally starting to do that. But there's still a huge gap between the retail seller, seller, and then the healthcare practitioner. There's so many that they're both like kind of snobby towards each other. Right. Um, and they don't need to be because a lot of supplements really can work in both spaces. So we're, we're doing a lot of work to try to bridge that gap. Um, Vince has specifically really spearheaded that charge. Um, and I think he's done a great job with that, but we're hoping to keep, keep that going. So I'd say those are the two real big things. And I can, I can see that too. Um, you guys are doing a great job of leading the way because there's really no other supplement company that I'm aware of that's doing what you guys are doing. And the way I look at it, you know, you talk about practitioners and the retailers, but it's almost kind of like researchers and coaches, bro coaches, right? Like there's this middle ground, like if you guys work together and, and we've all kind of like tried to do that. Um, that's yeah. what my other podcast, Elite Physique University does, but that's really, really interesting on the kits. So yeah. I can see, I don't know if you can spill the beans on any, but maybe like a gut health kit might not be. Not allowed to spill the beans yet. I cannot spill the beans. I would get in lots of trouble if I okay. said, I think. Well, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what's been leaked yet or not. So I don't want to be the one to get in trouble. But I, I can just see. I really think the first kit is going to be coming like very shortly after Black Friday. So it shouldn't be too far away. We're so. super, we're super, super excited. <laughs> I can see just all kinds of possibilities because you know, we try and piece together which supplements people need. And there probably are coaches out there that send their clients to buy stuff from you guys that they don't understand hundred percent, but the kit doesn't work for them. So right. maybe, so I really like that. I think that's genius. And then finally, we'll, we'll end on this. What's next for you? Do you have anything new coming up? Yeah, any... I got all kinds of exciting things going on. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is I'll be getting married next year. It's not like it's not totally official yet because I'm still waiting on the official proposal, but yeah. I mean, we've talked about where are we house hunting and all the things. And so that's coming. So we'll be, we'll be combining uh, probably spring, summer next year or something like that is my guess, but we don't have any specifics around it, but that's a whole new life chapter of just, cause he has two boys. I've got Maddox yeah. merging the household and how all that goes. So that'll be interesting, but I think it'll go well. They all get along really, really well. And they're, they seem to all be looking forward to it. So that's a good thing. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, truly, that's the biggest thing right now. And then my sister, my younger sister is having her sixth baby in the February timeframe, I believe. So there's always fun. Every time we think we have the last baby that's happening, because this one wasn't quite expected. Uh, we were mourning the last baby in our family. And now all of a sudden we get a new one. So pretty excited about that something in the water there where she lives don't don't drink the water drink some bottle right. water. <laughs> I know, absolutely 
Yeah. Well, that's, that's super cool. And, and then finally, just a couple key things I want to leave on because we're getting real close to an hour. Um, for the business-minded individuals out there, the people like me that kind of like to know what makes you tick, let's just, and this isn't on the show notes, so I'm hitting you with this kind of last second. Sorry. Okay. Daily routine. So let's, let's, let's talk about how you stay organized because there's a lot of people that want to do the things that you do or I do or other people do but they don't have the best organization skills. So are you somebody that keeps like, like right here next to me, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have a daily to-do list. Like I go, I don't go to bed without checking it off the list or I move it to another day. But what, like, this is my life. What do you have that keeps you organized? Are you, are you love your computer, your phone? Are you old school with a notebook? Like what's your day look like? I kind of have a little bit of everything, but I mean, I would say my, my day always starts, at least I try. Every day has to start with prayer time for me, because if I don't, my mind isn't in the right headspace and I get overwhelmed more quickly because, you know, there's tons of moving parts in between business and personal life and everything. And so if I don't have something to ground me and center me for the day, I'm not going to be very efficient. And I'm going to just, you know, tend to be very, you know, mishmash all over the place. Cause there are a few days where I don't get that done and I can tell the difference in those days. So that's number one for me. And then I eat the same meal that I eat pretty much every day. It's eggs and oats and some fruit. That's like, if I don't have that meal to start my day, it tends to make me feel a little bit all over the place. Um, and then after that, like I pretty much use, my first thing is my email. I use that as kind of my, my checklist um, mm-hmm. because I use everything's condensed or like my unread, kind of my to-do list there. And I go through all that to make sure I'm hitting that. Um, but then I do have a, I'm actually, I'm not going to show you my messy office right now because it's not very nice, but I do have notes that I keep. I have this like notebook right here and I keep notes that go. So like, if there's something that has to happen, you know, that I'm afraid it's going to get buried in my email, I'll write it down. Um, I do have some notes on my phone too, but it's, it's organized in terms of like, there's specific things that go on my phone, specific things that go on paper. But my email really is like my big thing. Because I tell people all the time, if we're like texting, like, hey, can you shoot me an email? Because that's my to-do list yep. when I log in tomorrow. And if it's not there, I may forget to go back to my text messages. Because texts I can't mark unread. Because that'll happen a lot with people where I'll accidentally forget to text them back. Because I'll read it. I get it. Like, too. Stop by it or something. And then I forget about it. And I can't go back and look at with mine, I can't. I have the droid, which I get made fun of for not having an iPhone. But there's no way for me to mark that stuff unread, so I forget to go back and, and check it. So for me, that's really it. And then I I make sure I take breaks throughout the day. If I'm sitting at the computer for too long, um, I I make sure I get up and do something to just get my mind right. And then if I have meetings back to back to back, I always try to build in little buffers um, just for like a mind break more than anything. You'd think with technology these days, we can mark an email in red, but we can't mark a freaking text message in red. I know, right? I, I don't know why. Do you have an iPhone? I do. Okay, so you can't do it in the iPhone either. That's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Or what, but yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah, you would think you could by now. And then finally, the, the last question, how much of a, when it comes to the business and looking at the business... How much of a numbers person are you? Are you somebody that likes to really analyze numbers? Are you? How do you look at growth of your company? Are you somebody that's looking at numbers all the time? Do you have someone that does that for you? How, how are you kind of built? I love numbers. That's my engineering. I went into engineering because I love math. 
Um, and so I, I love numbers. I'm looking at them pretty much daily. I mean, I'm not, I try not to like obsess over revenue or anything like that, but I'm looking at data in some way every day, not necessarily the same data. Um, but, and even if it's like, I'm pretty caught up with my business data, then I get into my personal numbers and I just, I love numbers. My mind runs off of numbers. I do, I, I do Sudoku sometimes just to calm my mind. Which yeah. Seems weird. Some people are like, that just stresses me out. I'm like, no, it calms my mind when I, when I'm playing with numbers. Um, so I love Excel sheets and, and even some people get, you know, I have QuickBooks and stuff that I use, but I love to just export stuff and play in Excel. It's like my happy place, which I'm a huge nerd, but it's fine. It works. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. We, today is the first. So last night we have a certain number that we try and hit. So Jacob and Leslie can get a bonus and, and other people that work at the company. Right. And we literally were within $250 of that bonus not happening, right? Uh, so, uh, so like we, you know, it's really, it's me and Jacob. Like we're looking at these numbers and we're figuring out, okay, here's how much we're going to, we need to hit today to hit this and that. And so we're looking at stuff daily. So from a fellow numbers nerd, I, uh -huh. I feel you. I'm right there with you because I'm looking at it multiple times a day just because I want to see. And it's kind of my happy place. Oh, yeah. So I get it. Well, I have that little trick too that, uh, so our, my Natty Nutrition Scooby said that that store is a wholesaler of New Ethics. So I will play that game with New Ethics. And if I were not hitting a certain number, I'm like, well, I need to place a big order for Natty so we have stuff to ship. So we'll just boost that number a little bit. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Jacob was like, he goes, I'm about to place a $250 order just to get us to that bonus. Exactly. It's the same thing. Yep. I get exactly, it. Yeah. Okay. This has been a hell of an episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Cause I know you're just slammed busy with everything that you have going on there. If you guys want to follow Stephanie, I'm going to have all of her links there, the links to new ethics, the whole nine yards. Um, and I really just want to say thank you for coming on. Is there any other places where people have you done? I know you haven't done a lot of podcasts before, at least I'm not aware of or anything I've done like just that. You, I tend to not do it. I don't know why, but I mean, Jason and Vince do them so much. I don't really seek them out, but if people ask me to do them, I'm, I'm happy to do them. Um, but I don't really, I, to be honest, I'm not, a, I don't love social media. I get on it because I have to. Um, but I just tend to, you know, I, I don't want to, it's not social media so much as it's the screens. I just, I'm on a screen so much of my life that when I don't have to be on a screen, I don't want to be on a screen. So, um, so I'm not super active on social media. Um, but I mean, really it's just, you know, I do post sometimes on, on social media, but you know, email stuff like, I, I keep being told I need to do more, especially as, as CEO, I need to be getting myself out there more. So, well, it's hard I, I, when you have a kid that you're raising and, you know, you know how it goes. I, I think that's up for debate. I would say you're doing pretty well doing things the way that you want to do them and being happy. So, you know, I always look at the people that say that. And I know of people that are on social media nonstop and they're not very happy. So yeah. it, there's. Well, the, and that to me, happiness is if I'm not happy doing something, I'm not going to do it. I mean, there's no point. I could, I could be a billionaire, but if I'm not happy, I don't care. So at the end of the day, like I have to make sure that I'm keeping home life, my head, everything happy. Um, and then making sure I'm doing what's right for everybody else too, of course, but there's no point in doing something if I'm just stressed out all the time. So. Totally get it. Okay. We're going to wrap this episode up for myself and Stephanie. We're out of here. Thanks guys. All right. Thank you.